Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Kegel. And Control Freak. Anything but casual with your level of energy right now. I don't know where it came from. I was almost asleep like 20 minutes ago. Uh, Twice off getting dinner, but we do have a special guest this week. Wondersoul, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, hello. I'm I'm Lucas. Uh, I'm the host of Wondersoul, uh, another podcast. Uh, don't talk about gaming casual uh, usually, uh, but I do love the video games and uh, talk about a variety of different, uh, you know, subjects and things of that matter. Uh, so I'm happy to be here. We're do happy you have to a have you. Love or knowledge of games? Oh, what's that? Do you have a casual love or knowledge of games? Ah, oh, man. I mean, yeah, like, there's certain things that I I, I know more about, but, uh, yeah, like, there's certain details uh, that, you know, I definitely still got to look up online You'll and stuff like that. Okay, cool, cool. All right. You two need to talk DBZ at some point. But oh, right. yes, please. I'm down. Uh, all right. I wonder where can, or Lucas, where can people find Wonder Soul? Um, yeah, so, uh, the podcast, you can find that, like, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I also upload content and the episodes to the YouTube channel, and that you can just find by searching Wondersoul, W-N-D-R-S-O-U-L, and, uh, then just streaming a little bit on the Twitch, and, uh, that's about it. All right. Well, so, what's everybody been playing this week? Where do we start? Yeah, I was about to say, who wants to start? Yeah, I was about to say, nobody jump, no, everybody uh, don't jump at once. I finished Blood and Wine, and even though I technically got the quote-unquote best ending, it still feels like I got the bad ending because I hate the Royals. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right, you ended spoilers for Witcher 3. Uh, Light, just plug your ears. <laughs> um. So you got the ending where Siri is queen. I got the ending where Siri is queen. That's fine. I actually wanted that that ending, but blood and wine. I got the ending where the two sisters are friends again, and Detlaf dies. And oh, you I don't know. Detlaf? Yeah, of all that, all I can think of is I wanted to save him. He was the only character I actually liked in that whole entire situation, apart from Regis. <sighs> so yes, I feel like I want. To to play it again just so I could kill the two sisters or kill the black-haired sister since she's apparently the only way to save that left is to let her die. And then the queen will hate me. Just kill them all. I my god, I undefined it all the worst times. <laughs> <laughs> I still wonder why she for every spoiler. Yeah. I kind of wonder why the queen doesn't kick me out. Again, I would just stop to uh, murder them all. I mean, I think they're green names, which means you can't attack them. Mods. You need mods. I don't play with mods. Lies <laughs> and slander. I don't play with mods outside of Elder Scrolls. Okay, fair enough. Yo, Twilight, can I ask you a question real quick about Witcher? Sure. All right. Uh, so didn't CJ, uh, CJ, oh my gosh, DD Project Red uh, make the DLC like free? So, like, is it that Blood and Wine free and stuff or whatever the DLC is called? No, um, I bought it. They had it on sale for a bit where you got all three games for a bundle price. Uh, and they had that bundle price at, like, a 50% discount. 
And since I already had the money in my account, that was something I couldn't pass up. I yeah. The DLCs until this recent playthrough. What uh, was the DLC worth it? Like, is it worth? It pretty yeah. much adds a whole entire new continent the, that rivals the size of Felon and Novigrad to the game. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I envy everybody who's played Witcher Three to completion. There is, there is the complaint that after like level twenty, you could randomly pick up a contract in uh, Velen where a certain certain town spawns where. If you go there, you'll instantly be washed up into the Blood and Wine quest. And the first thing in the Blood and Wine quest is to kill a level, like, 40 giant. So there are people that complain that there should be a way to avoid that without having to avoid that town altogether because more or less on a main road. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to check out. Can't you technically disable the DLC until you're ready to play it? I don't know. I haven't tried. But I did get swept up into that quest at like level fifteen, and it yep. was killer. I had I... to reload <laughs> and avoid I that one spot of the map. Oh boy! Well, I'm glad you're still enjoying it. I know Witcher is up there for you and things that are part of Twy's world. <laughs> if anything, I wish you could expand your vineyard more. So you want the Witcher city builder then? Yes. Heck, if that's oh, going to be his retirement, I want him to have a very nice retirement. <laughs> Witcher 4, developed by the company that brought you SimCity. Give it to the people who made City Skylines. Just people aren't sure if it's going to be a Witcher mm. in the time where there are no Witchers left after Geralt's already gone, or if it's a Witcher that's before Geralt was born, like back when the Witchers were at their prime. I don't know. It can't be we'll Siri see. because her her ending is depending on whatever your decisions were through the game. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first time a game company has chosen one of the endings as canon. I think there yeah. is there is a trailer for Blood and Wine that shows what the developers thought the ideal ending was. But yeah. yes, there is a thing where they want the canon ending to be whatever ending the players like most. And maybe if they do a new Witcher game, they'll be... Well, if they do make Siri the protagonist, I'm sure they'd come up with some way, no matter what your choice was, it'd be more, to have her be a witcher. It'd be more, how do you challenge the, I think I saw the comment once they called her this, the Elven Blood Jesus. Elven Blood Jesus. <laughs> how do you challenge okay. her that? <laughs> I got nothing for you there, so. You to Jesus? turn the other sharply pointed cheek. Oh, man. I'm just going to call him Eases from now on. Uh, Lucas, what about you? What... The Elven Blood Jesus? I think that's got to be the new t- the title for this episode, Elven Blood Jesus. <laughs> anyway, Lucas, what have you been playing this week? Um, Well, before I say or anything. Or in general. Oh, okay. Um, Well, that, that sounds like a perfect title, by the way. And... Uh, what I've been playing really recently is just what I've been trying to stream because I have a really bad habit of uh, starting a, a game, especially like an open world RPG or something like that, and not finishing it. And then when I do pick it back up, I'm like, I don't even remember what my motivations were. So I'm just going to start this over and the cycle just kind of continues. But 
playing Dragon Quest Eleven for the first time, and it's my first Dragon Quest game. I, I checked out the the movie on Netflix, um, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was like a really cool uh, near the end a love letter towards uh, people who have played JRPGs or RPGs in general. And uh, being a fan of like Dragon Ball and Akira Toriyama, uh, playing this game right now is it's it's pure joy. I mean, just the world and the character designs and monsters, pretty cool. Um, but that I'm finishing Far Cry Five right now because I rented it when it first came out off of Redbox because I'm a cheap gamer and uh, got really into it. But I didn't buy it, so. It was on sale, kind of like Dark Souls 3 was, and that's how I got into that. And uh, so I'm working on that right now. Um, and I'm also doing, uh, I was doing a series on the YouTube channel, but I kind of have to like get the pacing down. So I, I know myself better than that. Like if I don't, you know, focus on it, then I'm going to move on to something or just be not as interested. So I'm, I'm starting to stream it, but it's a, a Pokemon Fire Red Nuzlocke, which uh, mm. up until like a couple months ago, maybe, I never knew what a Nuzlocke challenge was when, when, when it comes to playing Pokemon games. And I'm an OG Pokemon fan from the 90s, so I love red, blue, yellow. So I'm playing Fire Red. And uh, for those who don't know much about a Nuzlocke, the three general rules are... And All it's your favorite Pokemon are gonna die. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. You 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 actually nickname them so you grow more attached to them, so that when they do die, if they do, uh, it hurts more. And that's actually happening <laughs> right now. Yeah. I'm having oh, no. some bad luck. Yeah. Um. But I also have a randomizer, so uh, my starters were random. So like, I got a Zapdos. So you know that's. A legendary wow. Pokemon off the bat, what? but yeah, it's crazy, man. And um, but then in the wild areas, uh, it's also filled with wild Pokemon. Now it's not just completely random. Like if you're in the, like let's say the Viridian Forest, there's going to be a, a select few Pokemon that you can encounter, but it is random as far as it's not going to be the Caterpies, you know, and the Weedles and stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, that's been crazy fun. And um, one of the things about a Nuzlocke is like permadeath. If your Pokemon faints, you you have to pretty much just throw it in the computer and, and move on. And also, Spend yeah, three for that legendary and then it dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so it, it, it really increases the difficulty, but it also makes it um a lot more enjoyable as an adult playing these games uh you know uh since you know i haven't played fire red since back when it came out maybe on the game boy advance and uh oh. the last rule usually for a nuzlocke is so in each area you can only catch the first pokemon you encounter so if you knock out that pokemon that's it like you have no second chance there's there's just no do-overs and so your your squad it balances out. You do have this chance of catching really strong Pokemon early on, um, but their levels are you know they reflect that point in the game. Um, but that whole permadeath, and then like you can only catch what you encounter first. So you know you might get 
uh, a, a metapod. Metapod. <laughs> with only Harden. Exactly. Uh, or a Magikarp, something crappy. Or you might get something really cool, like a Charizard or, or anything like that. So uh, I've seen so many other people uh, stream and do playthroughs of Nuzlocke's, and just watching those made me want to pick it up. So that's really know, what I'm focusing on. If you yeah. get a Magikarp, then in your... If you get a magic card and a Nuzlocke challenge, you're pretty much forced to keep it until it's a Gyarados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre pretty much. And and there's some optional rules where you can't use like daycares and things of that nature. So it you know it it just changes the game without actually changing the game. Even though the randomizer part and that's like an optional feature, you know you could actually just play it uh, just by putting those rules uh, out there for yourself. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm having a blast with that. Uh, other than that, you know, we've been doing the pod war uh, when we get a chance of so Civ Six, and uh, I really think that's about it. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep my focus on a handful of titles. Oh, and Dark Souls. Uh, finally picked up I Dark Souls. We're on the Nuzlocke challenge thing. Yeah, the one and only time I've ever played a Pokemon game. I tried that, and I. Did not want my Snivy to die, so I just sacrificed all my other Pokemon no. and game low health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost have to have that six man that's gonna just be like, "Hey, it's your time, buddy. You're gonna have to take one for the team." All right. You I know what my all right. Go go die. ahead, my sacrificial lamb. <laughs> yeah, you, you got this, Caterpie. I understand it's a level fifty Gyarados, but you got this, buddy. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Get out there. Uh, yeah, it, it's fun, but that's the thing about it. It just really kind of changes the whole dynamic of the game. Um, and it makes everything, uh, when you do something good, like when you win a battle barely or catch a really cool Pokemon or something like that, it makes it feel, uh, really good. Uh, but on the opposite end of that coin, when something bad goes, you know, uh, like, uh, the other day I had one of my favorite Pokemon that I've had, like for, since day one. Uh, just randomly, just got credited, and he's he's done. Not just sitting there casually having a good time, like, oh, he doesn't have a move that's going to do 31 damage, whatever. And then all of a sudden, just saw that meter just beep, drop. And I was like, wow. Oh. Uh, and it's just memories, you know, just flashbacks of that one time I threw the Pokeball and all the times we shared, and it all came to a crashing, fiery end, so... Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like the Dark Souls version of Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and, uh, yeah, and I'm trying to beat Dark Souls 3, and uh, I want to get into other Soul-like games. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Always remember to wax your head. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, dude. Dark Souls is such a crazy game, dude. Uh, there's a lot of things that reflect the old play styles and gameplay of like earlier games where it's not so much holding your hand you know you have to explore and that might come with consequences but um you know not all the things are going to be so obvious for you to know what to do uh so there when there are things out there it's usually like okay this isn't here just by coincidence sometimes it seems like the developers are trolling you for sure, <laughs> but most of the time, like that wax part that uh, Control uh, saw one time I was streaming, you know, I didn't really even know what it was doing, but then when I didn't have it, there's these bookshelves that will, ghost arms and hands will come out and start hurting you, but when you have the wax on your head, you're immune to that, so you're like, oh, but nothing, nothing says that, 
So, you, you know, I know Dark Souls has that, uh, I guess, that reputation of being such a difficult game. But I think it's just because gaming over time, and I don't know uh, how many of you guys agree with this, but it's, it's, it's changed. Like a lot of things are more uh, tutorials and, and, and more like, hey, this is what you need to do. Even though we have a lot of open world type games, it still kind of like steers you into a certain direction and makes sure that you know step by step what to do. Has random tutorials in the middle of a high level game. I will say um, another game that I've actually seen that evolution go full circle the Call of Duty games. Back with the original, uh, like, Xbox 360, when they had Call of Duty 4, which was still, like, the World War II era. No, Call of Duty 4 was modern. Oh, Call of uh, Duty sorry, I'm was the last Call of Duty 3. That had a lot of, like, tutorial stuff where it was, you know, here's your waypoint, go here, shoot these guys, so on and so forth. Call of Duty 4 came out, and you actually had to listen to audio cues. Uh, one of the big missions is the... Uh, the Chernobyl mission. Yep. Where you're going through and it's like you bump into a pack of dogs. And Price basically tells you, it's like, shoot them or let them go. It's up to you. Two different things can happen. You shoot them, they all attack you. You leave them be, they leave you be. But then there's also the point where it's like, all right, you need to get like, get to the ground, don't move. There's no like, giant banner that says press control to crouch or press C to crouch or press B to go prone, so on and so forth. It's price just tells you go prone. Some of the later call of duty games started changing that up where when those situations happen, you had an on-screen prompt telling you do this thing. Um, but if you play the most recent call of duty, uh, they take that away again. They yeah, don't they have those waypoints and those, button cues it's like you're uh there's a point where you're going through this townhouse and talking about the bravo six mission right yep the one from the trailer you know bravo six going dark we can play this game now play it pretty much um as you go through like price is talking like to you and he says you know go to the next floor i spent like two minutes trying to find where the goddamn stairs were (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get to the second floor, I'm like, where am I supposed to go? I finally find them, and I'm thinking, it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna, you know, it's gonna be simple, it's gonna be straightforward. You know, at the very top floor, there's gonna be some quick time event or whatever. No, I died multiple times in that mission because it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just open this door. There's gonna be someone who's helpless inside. No, I got flashbanged and shot in the face. Did you get shot by the lady who was all scared and then grabs for the AK? No, because I accidentally shot her. Ah, see, I I didn't, and she grabbed for the AK and put a couple rounds into me before I got her. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, that is one thing. Like, I started playing the new Assassin's Creed, the newest one. Right. I know. I'm on record as saying I would never play that game. And then you picked up Odyssey. It was $20. <laughs> but uh, they actually have a mode. It's called Exploration Mode. And it doesn't have like waypoints on the map or anything or button cues. Hell, I didn't even know how to parry until 
just a random tutorial popped up on a menu. Perry like press Q to Petley casual. It's like press Q to Perry. Oh, it's Q. That's the button. <laughs> but isn't oh, that yeah. isn't that so uh, much more immersive as an experience? So you know, because one of the things about playing Pokemon recently, I just and this probably is relatable as far as like playing games growing up, uh, especially before like Google and YouTube and stuff like that, like where you know you had to just figure it out on your own or you would have to uh ask friends and be like yo how'd you catch this pokemon how'd you get past this part like you literally have to go and and touch and and talk to everything and everybody in the game to to absorb those uh that information um you know like i, I when i was trying to play final fantasy 7 the og like there were certain parts where i'm just like dude i don't know really what i'm supposed to be doing and, and then you go to the walkthrough and it's like, oh, well, yeah, in these rooms, there's certain things that are out of place. And, and I guess like if you were like, you know, think about it growing up, you got that one game, you know, and so you're going to play the, the shit out of that game. And even when you get stuck, you're going to you're going to turn it on and you're going to still try to like, all right, I went back here. Is this what I got to do? I don't know. I don't know. And, and so, like, I, I think you would finally get it. Like, over time, you'd be like, oh, actually, there is something out of place. Maybe that has something to do with it. And, I, you know, just it, I, I, I appreciate that. I think it's helped me, uh, you know, in life. I think video games in general do that, where it, it, your problem-solving skills increase. <laughs> you know, it's like you kind of know how to look at things from multiple perspectives because – these games have forced you to. It's not just like, yes, go here, talk to this person. Okay, you talk to that person. All right, go grab this and then go, you know. So I, I like that. I know it can be frustrating, especially if you don't have a lot of time to game, you know. And so you're kind of like wanting to, okay, I need to make some progress here. There's a really good story. I don't have a lot of time to just, you know, dick around and stuff. But on the other side, when I do have time and I want to get into a game, I really do like to, you know, make the HUD be you know pretty minimal and just let myself just kind of fall into the game and really get in involved with it so well that that's one thing that companies are starting to do that i'm super on board with they're starting to put in those difficulties like hey are you just in this like for the narrative because we'll make it like way easier for you yeah if you just want to see the story like if you're if you don't want to deal with like challenging gameplay you're just in this for the story here's your narrative mode everybody else go play those <laughs> yeah and i mean like you were talking about with the odyssey bro and i uh i you know i i heard you guys this last episode i mean i listen every week and uh i knew that you felt indifferent about the direction of assassin's creed and i respect that and i understand that um one of the things that i have appreciated uh from them kind of taking these like historical you know, moments like ancient, uh, you know, Greece and ancient Egypt is that 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 mode that you're talking about where it's like, yo, there are actual real landmarks and places and things and you can learn. And I think there was even an article or a news piece about, um, uh, I think when it was Origins, where that was like a big deal. They're like, Assassin's they Creed, have, you can go. Oh, go ahead. They have a, they have a full VR tourism thing. Wow. See, that's really cool, man. That's super oh, cool. I will never knock Ubisoft for the amount of research they put into their games. Like, even Assassin's... Like, 
Assassin's Creed 2. I've read stuff and basically historians have said, no, that's what Florence looked like. Wow. Well, yeah, Ubisoft, uh, uh, I was going to say, when the, uh, it wasn't the Sistine Chapel, was it, that burned? Steps of Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yes. Notre, uh, but Ubisoft actually had, like, a digital rendition of it from an Assassin's yeah. Creed game. From Unity, Unity, yeah. And, yeah, they, they provided that for restoration purposes because it was like no this is about as accurate of a 3d representation unless we went back to like original blueprints that probably don't exist anymore no, it is the most accurate representation so yeah that's getting getting a chance to have that type of uh immersion and interaction with a real place is definitely you know kudos to ubi well, like, Control, you do a lot of VR, man. And so imagine, like, here in the next, like, 10, 20 years, what that's going to be like when all those things start to merge, where you're playing an Assassin's Creed game or something of that type, and you can put on your VR headset, and, and you feel like you're walking through this, the streets of ancient Greece. You know, like, know and it's... It, what's that? I said, I know Kung Fu. Oh, you, <laughs> oh, you talking <laughs> about, like, The Matrix? Oh, we like the major, yeah. I mean, but it kind of feels like we're heading in that direction. I mean, it's it's really amazing to see the attention to detail in a lot of these games right now. So, in like two decades, you can you can pop on your VR headset, play a couple hours of Assassin's Creed, and then whenever you take it off, you'll know how to jump through trees and stab dudes, and you'd also have like a PhD <laughs> in the history of no. the city. No. <laughs> that would be Maybe. awesome. That'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> Motion you say no that that pirate game comes out. Look, <laughs> VR pirate, he's all over it. <laughs> they already have those. They're just not very good. <laughs> We're talking about ten years from now. Oh, I know you are. Uh, speaking of pirates, uh, of VR pirates, <laughs> no, just pirates in general. Because I thought it was relevant to the hand holding thing. Sea of Thieves. Does not hold your hand at all. Yeah. There are no waypoint mark. The only waypoint markers you get is when you look at the map. And there are waypoints you set yourself. And you still kind of have to go, all right, where is this island? I have no idea. I haven't gone to this part of the map in three days. I mean, even the most childish game, Minecraft, doesn't really hold your hand. That's true. Minecraft, yeah. you have to you make the maps yourself. Game. Yeah, you can't start that game and know how to make a cake. <laughs> Although they did add the uh, the crafting book. Yep. So there is something that helps with uh, some of the more advanced crafting. But well, I, um, think, I think a lot of what we're talking about tutorializing and quote-unquote hand-holding, that's, that's all just for accessibility and broad appeal. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. said, brought up, I enjoy whenever games give you the, the granular... Uh, options for what you want for difficulty but I also like games that can rely on um, their design period to teach you how to play like Mario mm. and like what I've been playing recently uh, nice I got segue. into Ico thank you okay. anyway, I, got, Ico? I got into Ico for the first time yeah oh, boy. oh man it's a very interesting game That's I don't want to talk about how many hours <laughs> I've already played into it 
<laughs> it are is... you like it? Are you liking it at least? Yeah, the thing that I appreciated the most, just right from the gate, is it is one of those games that don't tell you anything. No, but you explore and figure it out, and it's not difficult. And yeah, I don't know. It. I'll talk more whenever I invested more time. I've already put in like a few hours, but I'm not very far at all. It's just a matter of getting my brain to adjust. Did you pick that like the remaster up for P- PS3? Yeah, I have the Ico and Shadow Colossus collection. Ooh. And fun That's thing about such a good the, game. Yeah, fun thing about it is Blue Point did the conversion. And they're oh, well known for doing great HD remakes. They did the Metal Gear. Ah, oh, um, that's why. But if they did it, if there's an HD remaster, they've done it. And what's kind of cool is they got to stretch out their wings a little bit. They did the full one Shadow of Colossus remake on PS4. Okay. Very nice. Very oh, they nice. also did yeah. Gravity Rush. They're also working on something. Is it a new it's Gravity secret. Rush? Because I'd be okay with that. Maybe no. we'll actually find out who the main character is. No, they're they're <laughs> working on something top secret that might be, that could be anything from Silent Hills and Metal Gear to to SOCOM. Yeah, okay. give me hope. Okay, can I can I can I throw something out there that's related to that game? Because I've never played Ico, but when I was a, I was going to do an episode on Dark Souls and. Uh, Ico actually played a really huge role in inspiring the guy who created Dark Souls. Like, he wasn't really wanting to do games and stuff. Like, he loved fantasy, read books and stuff like that. A lot of the Tolkien, a lot of that. He did tech stuff. But his buddy sat him down and he played that game. And like you're talking about, like, I I would be interested to see the similarities, like, of Ico and Dark Souls. Because after that, he was motivated to want to get into game development in some way. Like, he didn't really have, like, a a dream, I guess, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, or anything. He was just kind of working, doing his thing, and then boom. And then, because he was a little bit uh, older, and at that point, he was like, all right, it's a little too late for me to go back to school. But he got a job at From Software, and he applied a lot of that inspiration from Ico and some other things into what we have today from Dark Souls. Hmm. Was he around for Demon's? Was Demon's Souls even yeah. soft? Yeah. Well, no. That that's that's exactly that's what I mean. Like I I, I forget about Demon's Souls. You know, uh, there's also that, a first person game on PS1 that they did. That's kind of the basis. Really? Ah, oh, dude, I gotta check that out. Demon's Souls. I actually, I own the that PS2 game you're talking about. I own a copy of it. Um, it. It is very Souls esque, yeah. Uh, I think it's PS2. Oh, I'm talking about a first person PS1 game. Hmm. I want to know what you're talking about because I find everything before Demon Souls to be a mystery. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I can PS2 well, Souls like I mean, games. At least finish your talk about it. Uh, but no. Um, I just wanted because he was talking about like games prior to. Dark Souls, and I mean, Demon Souls, I loved. I probably put the most hours in any Souls-esque game into mm-hmm. Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Dark Souls came out. I played and beat one and two. Three I haven't beaten because, for some reason, that, j- that one just wrecks my sheet. 
Well, it's because three went it in my opinion. Now, obviously, I'm not you, so I don't know. But three went more of the Bloodborne route. So instead of the dodge block combat of one and two, they went for the more uh, fast paced combat. Oh yeah, like they wanted you to get in and fight. Yeah. Not just roll around constantly, getting one sword strike every two minutes. And the game I was thinking of, Kingsfield. Hmm. Kingsfield, the hmm. ancient city, is a PS2 game that is uh, very Souls-esque. That's interesting. Yeah, it, that's not the game that I had in mind. Um, it is a... Uh, I think it's a mix of first and third. I think most of the game takes place in first person oh yeah i'm looking at like one screenshot i'm like no that's dark souls for ps2 yeah (laughs) (laughs) like right down to the uh the mini or the hud on it yep with how that's laid out looks just like dark souls isn't that crazy though like certain games uh you know have been put out on the market and have basically started their own genre like, without even really intending to. Like, I know Sedge is a Doom fan. So, like, after Doom came out, like, anything that looked like it, you know, people were saying, like, it's like a Doom-like shooter, you know. Uh, then you have, like, the GTA, you know, so you have, like, the open-world sandbox-type games. Now you have, like, the the Minecraft survival, you know, crafting-type games, and then mm. Souls. So you have, like, these games that come, like, almost every other generation or every generation, and they they almost like cut off another uh, subgenre in gaming, and uh, anything that's even resembles it in, in any kind of style. Like there's what Neo right now, uh, Sekiro, right? Uh, yep. mm-hmm. So Fallen Order. So yeah, like a Fallen Order. Yeah, that was the big thing about Jedi Fallen Order was the whole yeah, it's kind of like the Dark Souls of Star Wars, and you know even now games get that that rep it's like oh if it's hard then it's oh it's like the dark souls of basketball games it's like the dark souls <laughs> of fishing games or whatever you know wait is that def jam volume two <laughs> yeah. i want to play that by the way right. i want to play the dark souls of basketball games. oh my gosh i mean and i think that's fun man i think it's I really think cool of, wait wouldn't that just seven. be uh blood bowl well no i'm just saying like the dark souls of a sports game would be any like would be a blood bowl game yeah or mutant league football Ooh. oh man that's, that's <laughs> that too i backed and the new one on kickstarter it's really good control <laughs> i wanted to say kingsfield is actually the series that started on ps1 also from okay. soft with penchu uh yes yeah makes sense no wonder oh, man. So good I forgot Let's about Tenchu. They have their uh, their new game coming out soon, Elden Ring. Ooh, I cannot yeah. wait. I say soon relatively because we have no idea when Elden Ring's coming out. <laughs> I have no idea what my actual interest level is in it. Isn't it by I, Martin? I, I... Yeah, it's FromSoft and George R.R. Martin. So my interest level is varying somewhere between very excited and, oh, dear God, not another Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except even more Lord of the Ringsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it, it's uh, it's weird how like certain creators like uh, Jordan Peele, uh, Steven Spielberg. I don't really know how much they have involvement with a lot of the projects that they get, you know, tagged on. So I, I would be interested to see how much 
George really had, you know, involvement with this, like, what was the, what was yeah. that creative process? Because you know, oh, J.J. Abrams, executive producer. Well, what what does that mean? Like, did he? What did he really do? Did he just sit there and go, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, don't do that. You know, yeah, you could put my name on that. Yeah, just yeah, it's good. Like I, I was looking for a book to read, and and one of the things was uh, George was like, I like this book basically. You know, and, and just him saying that alone like got people super excited. So. Um, I can understand why you might be cautiously optimistic about Elden Ring and, uh, you know, kind of like, what is that really going to be? Because we all know, if you're a fan of games of any level, uh, hype can kill a game. And don't get mm -hmm. too excited if you only see, like, a cinematic trailer or, or, or just, you know, I want to see gameplay. And I want to play it myself before I can get, like, super stoked about something. I feel like I just exactly. got personally attacked for Ooh. my excitement for <laughs> Anthem, which oh, took no. everyone's joy, ripped <laughs> it out of their bodies, ripped it to pieces, oh, shat on it, it and then burned the ashes. No, it never put it back. I'm still <laughs> waiting for them to put it back because they have they have come out and said, like, hey, we are revamping the game from the ground up. Yeah. So that, at that point, I, dude. Yeah, it's it's cautious cautiously optimistic just because i liked the entire idea behind anthem they just 100 percent shit the bed absolutely i can't remember oh right dead island mm. oh yeah i know you I like mean, dead island anthem, control anthem but... probably went bad because the people that were making it didn't even know it was what it was supposed to look like until after the trailer was done Yes, that is also true, and that that is a failing on the <laughs> di the uh, production director. Yeah, well, they also handed a a design document for a Destiny style third person shooter designed on an engine that a that the company had never worked on before to the guys who did Dragon Age. Mm. Yeah, yeah. After there was also that that weird competition between the two bioware studios instead of letting them work together so each yeah. studio had to individually figure out how to do a third person uh camera and an inventory system like seriously <laughs> anthem the long and short anthem was a mess and still is a mess yes so is fallout 76 i don't care what anybody says <laughs> i'm not arguing it nope. i know Nobody you're not i'm just saying not. um who haven't we got to yet? Because I feel like we've gone off the rails here. <laughs> I haven't, but I mean, I I haven't played anything new. Uh, I actually did pick up Phantom Pain just to see, you know, a nine-hour cutscene involving giant flaming whales and. Uh, I, I I gotta I gotta touch on that. Uh, the first oh off, once once the game finally opens, it's pretty amazing. Slogging through that. Uh... That opener, though, it's great the first time. Fucking hated any other subsequent playthrough. Yes, um, yes. Any other playthrough. I, I have <laughs> played. I have played through the opening, and yeah, yeah. What the shit? <laughs> yeah. Um. But one thing I will say is, everybody praised God of War for its cinematography and the fact that the camera never blinks. Like it, it's it's a basically an entire oneer, from start to finish. Phantom Pain does that. MGS Five does that. Both Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain are a oneer. From start That's to finish, their like... problem though, in the in the grand scope of Metal Gear games, they one hundred percent 
jumped every shark in the goddamn ocean. Eh. Jump the shark. <laughs> I don't think it jumped anything more than they usually do. It jumped no, a giant flaming of, uh, whale in the sky. That's what it jumped. As, a, as opposed to the, the tactical stealth nukes of a giant robot T-Rex. You know what? At least it was a robot and it didn't fly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but oh I mean, as I said, I haven't actually... I haven't actually gotten in-depth into the game. I played the opening for it a couple years back when it first came mm. out. Um, what I have been playing has been Monster Hunter and Beat Saber. The first have... ten minutes of Phantom Pain, I called the twist and ruined the game for my brother. Eh, and good me! Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of... I, I, I found out the twist, and it is kind of... Obvious when you think about it. Oh yeah, yeah. So, especially if you play it Ground Zero. Obvious immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've, I've any attention to the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've, been, ah. I've been playing Sorry, Iceborne. Again. Yeah, Iceborne. I keep calling it Frostborne, but no, Monster Hunter Iceborne. I've been playing that, which has been fun. Although the monsters just keep getting bigger and bigger and more of a pain in the ass to hunt. Isn't Frostborn the sword from World of Warcraft? Frostmorn. Oh, that's Frostmorn. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then with Beat Saber, Frostborn is Loki's origin. Ha. <laughs> um, with the quarantine, Beat Saber has kind of been my method of exercise. So I'll play that for like two or three hours, get a really good sweat in, kick the crap out of my buddy's high scores. You know, to You're establish not the dominance. First person, All right. Not well, the first person now you... to describe it that way, and I feel like I'll never pick it up. Well, now Why? now you've issued the challenge, dude. Bring it on. I I don't see you play it, man. You you gotta start That's making some really scores. Bad at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well then my scores are secure for now. Mm-hmm. Yo, control. Now I have, <laughs> now I have incentive. Hmm. What's up, Wonder? Yo, you should try Ring Fit Adventure, bro. That's another I, one I'm scared of. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, well, granted, my only experience with Ring Fit was uh, a night that I was uh, drinking a little bit. And so, like, <laughs> drinking and, and exercising don't really mix. And I, I found out real quick. But regardless of that, mm. um, I was like, wow. Like, this is, this is really fun. And also, it, it just looks so weird. You, you you have this ring, but it actually works really well. Like it's it actually is a good yeah. uh, workout, and it actually has a little bit more depth than um, you would expect. So if you got yeah, a switch, unlike, man, it's uh, worth checking out. I do unlike have one. Connected, unlike Connect Adventures, it's an actual. Oh game. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I have a Connect or not, well, I have a Connect, yes, but not with me. Um, I do have a Switch. I have seen gameplay of Ring Fit Adventure before. Um, I just I don't use my Switch very often. I won't deny that. I don't use my consoles very often. But depending on what I can find for a uh, price point on it, it, it yeah. could be something. It could Catch definitely it be sale. something. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I live by the philosophy: if I don't get it day one, I'm not spending day one prices. So yeah, you know. 
So exactly. Yeah, catch catch it when it's like fifty percent off on Black Friday or something. <laughs> uh well. Percent off is half my game library, the other half I got from these two. Yeah. Well, that's because we want you to play games with us. And then you so move on to the next us. game before I get through the tutorials. <laughs> I disagree with that. Half the games we play with you don't have tutorials. <laughs> yeah. Because it's games it's, like Deceit. Because it's games that have tutorials where you guys move on before I get through that tutorial. Because we've beaten the game. Which is probably uh, not a good thing. We do that way too quick. Yeah. Well, we don't do it as quick as a buddy of mine, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything to report either. I played a little bit of Rainbow Six yesterday, and my buddy got me back into World of Warcraft, and I'm not happy about it. Ooh. You chump. Yeah. No, I... Why would you do trust it? Me, I don't know. I gave in to the peer pressure. I told him I wouldn't, <laughs> and then I did, and now here we are. Boo. Uh, and I started playing Odyssey, which I'm not far enough to give any sort of opinion on, so <laughs> there's that. But I am enjoying it so far. Yeah, I was going to say, Sedge, I mean, after hearing you in the last episode, um, like, what really, besides it going on sale, like, are you, are you, I feel like you have this, like, glimmer of hope for, for like, you want to fall in love with Assassin's Creed again, even though you don't like the direction. I mean, it, was there just like, ah, oh, all right, I'll give it a chance. Valhalla. Yeah, okay. The trailer for Valhalla was like, I don't like the direction, but I am a sucker for Vikings, so let's give it a try. <laughs> right. No, definitely. And from what I hear, from what they've released on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, one, they're bringing back the settlement building from Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which I'm not super happy about. And two. But Oh, yeah, and two. Not incredibly happy about that, but we'll see. We'll see. But I don't know. They're bringing back the Hidden Blade. I'm hoping they tone the RPG elements down a little bit, but we don't know anything apart from... It sounds what... like they're making them better. A blade to the neck is a blade to the neck. Yeah, like, that's the you thing. Can, you can wind up with a weapon that you like. Like, just say that you like the way that the weapon works. And you can focus your leveling up on that weapon instead of having to switch to something else. Like, so, so when basically, you find weapon and gear that you like, like you can focus on leveling it instead of changing it out. So basically, instead of, oh, I have this sword that I really like, but it's level two. Now I have to switch it out for the much higher damage, wondrous spear of bullshittery yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work well. Okay, if if that is what happens, I'm okay with that. But on that note, uh, it's time for a quick... Before, before you go to break, because anything else I have to talk about before main topic is way different, but uh, I have to make a comment about something you made a comment about way earlier, and we just kept flowing past. You brought up Dead Island. Yes. And I, I enjoyed playing that buggy-ass mess of a fun-ass game. But the juxtaposition between... That cinematic, heartbreaking trailer with the music that I sometimes listen to to cry. Um, <laughs> to, to popping it in my Xbox and who do you voodoo, bitch, being the start is just so jarring. And just, I, I got whiplash. Well, that, that's what I meant, though. Like, 
we were all yeah. sold on Dead Island by that super sad cinematic trailer, and then we all got Who Do You Voodoo, bitch. And we, <laughs> most people I know were very confused. Yeah. That uh, too. But all right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. It's beer o'clock. Play, yeah, to play some uh, promos for some other podcasts. So listen to those, stick around, and we'll be right back. I'm Harrison. I'm Jordan. Well, I'm Harrison. I'm fucking Jordan. All right! And we're, we're the, the Grief Rio Podcast. Podcast. Let us be your unnatural Sherpa guides on this existential plane of mountainous game and movie exploration. And don't forget about that spookiness that lives within us all. But mainly in you, you spooky bitch. Oh, damn. I'm offended. We've been voted the best podcast to listen to by many. By many? That means a few. That's more than one. This ought to be very. We'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Yeah! Yeah! Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. Hey, we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed those promos for those awesome podcasts. Go check them out after you're done listening to this. Some of them sounded really good. Most of them are good. Most of them. Wow, that sounds really bad wow. and awful. <laughs> there's, some, Damn. there's some shade right there. Just Yeah, most uh, most of them are calling good. Calling you out, good. discount podcast. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Anton's going to have words and hands. That's, they call me out every other episode. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, all right. So before we get into our main topic, we got one major piece of news to cover this week um, because Xbox at the end of the week will be doing their inside Xbox event where they're going to show off a bunch of new stuff about the Series X. Third party gameplay. Yep. Third party gameplay, the splash screen for when you turn it on. I'd also like to point out that I'm still Ooh, really intrigued splash. by the fact that this console is supposed to be the size of two GameCube stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I really like the look. It is it is legitimately the monolith. I cannot wait to see the Lamborghini thing that Sony pumps out because I you just know the next console. Yeah, it's gonna be the McLaren of fucking game consoles just <laughs> unnecessary lines a wing that pops up when it turns on oh gosh I can you that. imagine uh, does, does your console have a spoiler it'll have yes. a fucking window and an led around its processor no it's gonna have an led under the disc so while the disc is spinning you just have this light <laughs> underneath it and it's gonna be a clear tray above the disc so when you put the disc in you see it and then the led turns on so you just see the spinning yes every time you game on it's going to be a disco light show hell yeah but light you had some stuff to say on that 
Uh, yeah, first as party... our resident hardware guru. Just that uh, first party gameplay isn't going to be until July, but it looks like they're going to be peppering this entire year with little mini reveals. It is, they are doing a killer job of this with the so absence. It's a really slow strip tease of reveals. Well, hold up. It's kind of funny when you look at where Stadia is, and you remember that the guy heading Google Stadia right now is the guy that unveiled the Xbox One. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And the PS3. But, like, can, is, is it fair to say that Sony and Microsoft and really whoever you want to throw in there, EA and all these other companies, are just following the Nintendo Direct formula and seeing how much Nintendo's been able to keep hype. And, like, every month, like, you'll go on YouTube, you go on Twitter, when's the next Nintendo Direct? You know, so I Man, think that and they're just kind of doing that now. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But Nintendo's, Nintendo's in it deep enough now that they can, like, tease people and, and, and cause heartbreak. They haven't released the Nintendo <laughs> Direct in forever. And then they just announced that they're probably not doing one in June. And everybody's like, no. They caused me enough heartbreak by not telling me more stuff about Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they they broke my heart when I I have no news about Metroid Prime 4. Where is Where's my Metroid Prime, damn it? Trilogy? Yeah, give me, give me the either of those. Yeah. <laughs> give us something, Nintendo, god damn it. <laughs> What's your big release this year? Yeah, I know that's... it's not. I know it's not Pokemon DLC, and I know it wasn't Animal Crossing. That was a fluke. The new Mario no, it wasn't. Animal Crossing was not a fluke. Yeah, Animal Crossing is definitely not a fluke. And like, given given how much it's been adopted, like I don't doubt that it would have always blown up social media. But how many people have actually bought a copy of it? Who, I'm not shocked. Raise yeah, your hand if you shocked. bought a copy of New Leaf. Right, I know I, so many people. I, I did. So I think it's I, I think it would only be fair to say that the success of Animal Crossing New Horizons is really because of what's going on in the world right now. Let's just be yeah. honest. Like I think that that played a huge role because I remember specifically being like, yeah, I'm interested. Never really played Animal Crossing. But at what with all the stress of everything going on, that yeah. type of game, that simulation type of game, that that the cute aesthetics, the relaxing, like, yeah, you can just do what you want. Take it one day at a time. Like, your store will be open tomorrow. Like, you want to go dig up, you know, trees? Go for it. You want to yeah. put this? You know, I think that that's what helps. You want to go happily dig through nature and talk to other people? And then oh. you have the guy that remade the original Legend of Zelda map in Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Oh, somebody, made, somebody remade the uh, Stardew Valley... Uh, like title screen in a painting. Well, no, I'm talking about like the actual oh, I know what you mean. world. I know what you mean. Like the fact that someone took that amount of time. Jesus, bro. But yeah. let's, let's be honest. Like Nintendo is killing it. Like from the sidelines, even though I, I, I consider them not being a, a true competitor with Sony and, and Microsoft right now that I think that's worked in their favor, but let's look at Animal Crossing and what they probably studied up on. They're like, dang, my Minecraft is still so popular. Why? Because of that, that you can create and replicate and, and, a, and it has longevity. Like it yeah. will never get boring because if you have two people play Minecraft, one person- starts off boring anyway, no, doubt. Well, no, like, no, yeah. Like it starts off boring, but it, it's also, you got two people playing Minecraft. 
one person's going to be like, what do I do? This is so boring. There's nothing to do. This is just like, look at the graphics. Then you're going to have somebody who just looks at everything and goes, ooh, I could build a house there. I could go do mm -hmm. this. I can do that. So uh, Animal Crossing, though, it doesn't really have that scope. It's still people can go, oh, I'm going to move this, and I ordered this, and I'm going to, you know, tomorrow when I pick up my Switch, I'm going to have this whole new furniture set and stuff like that. So I think there's that, that, that uh, Nintendo has done a good job of looking at genres of games and have tried to make their own version of it. Like Breath of the Wild yeah. is like an open world sandbox for the Switch. Splatoon 2 is like I, their, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I literally yeah, I get just, I literally just started playing Far Cry 3 and Breath of the Wild clearly adopted those mechanics for Oh yeah. Time. Oh yeah. But they made it Nintendo, like you know it, what I'm saying? Well yeah, I fucking love Breath of the Wild. I kind of gave up on Far Cry. Oh, dude. I mean, it, I think like there's been articles going around saying Breath of the Wild is the most relaxing game ever. Like studies show, blah, blah, blah. And you can you can feel that because like we were talking before the break, you know, that game also just kind of goes, all right, go and do whatever yeah. you want to go fight the boss right now. That's up to you. You know, do do what you want to do at your own pace. And that's kind of like Minecraft and and Animal Crossing. Like I haven't really played it this week, but it's not like I'm going to get punished for it. You know, when I do turn it on isabel's gonna be like you know hey where you been this is what's going on we miss you and then you're like all right hmm. cool and so I, I think that there's that that freedom that people really enjoy especially right now with quarantine and stuff the open world games and the simulation games give us an opportunity to do the things that we actually can't do you know and i think there's yeah. like a, a a really nice feeling that comes from that so I agree. Well said. Yeah. Good rant. I, I, I have nothing else to add because, yeah, no, bravo. Well done. Oh, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> um, but it's time for the Revenge of the Fifth since we don't record on Mondays. I was about to say <laughs> it's time to duel. It is. <laughs> Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it it is currently May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Revenge of the 5th, since yesterday was May the 4th. And uh, I wanted to pose a question to everybody here today. No. What is... Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. No. Um, hmm. I wanted to pose a question to everybody here. What is your favorite Star Wars game of all time? Like, out of all of them that you played, what is the one that resonated with you the most? Wonder, since you are the guest, you have the floor, sir. All right, all right. Uh, I've actually given this some thought recently, and uh, I haven't played every Star Wars game. Uh, I know right now Steam's doing a huge sale. I don't know how long it's lasting, but, like, things like Kotar and uh, the old Battlefronts and stuff are, like, hella cheap right now. So if you have any interest in that, check it out. But, and I think they're pretty cheap already, but... If it, if it was up to me from the ones that I have played, I, I would say uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy is one of my favorites, and uh, Star Wars Battlefront II, the original. I think the one that came out in 2005. So oh, those the are, PS2 one. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So those are – and each one kind of satisfies what I like about Star Wars. Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy gives me amazing lightsaber duels and battles um, and force – powers and stuff like that battlefront 2 gives me the the 
the battles and the armies and the those those kind of you know war scenes that is in literally the title you know Star Wars like I I love Jedi and Sith Force stuff but I've always also enjoyed Clone Troopers Stone uh, Stone Stormtroopers <laughs> Stone <laughs> Troopers uh, you know that kind of aspect and I've always felt like those were so fun and um, you know not that I don't like the uh, like Jedi Fallen Order or uh, the new Battlefronts or anything like that. But I think those other ones, you know, were just, there was something very um, unique uh, because they were some of the first times that we really got to experience like what it was really like to be a, a Jedi. Like, I don't think any game has really done lightsabers like Jedi Knight, uh, no. Jedi, Jedi Outcast, even Kal Katarn and all that and uh, Academy. So I know a lot of people like Kotar and I actually really want to get into those at some point. Um, but those would be, and then if I had to just say a third one, because I think you got like the foot soldiers, you got the Jedi uh, rogue squadron for the GameCube. Uh, yes. I, I, it, if I wanted to know what it was like to be a rebel pilot, you know, going after the death star in my X wing, uh, or, you know, flying around Cloud City in an A-Wing or, you know, things like that. Like, those three games, I think, are uh, important for anybody who wants to try uh, Star Wars games. So, those are mine, man. No, I... So, I agree with you on all points there. I will say, the new, since I was playing it yesterday for May the 4th, the new Battlefronts, while not capturing what made the originals fun, because... Really what made Battlefront 1 and 2, the PS2 games, fun was the fact that it was it was Battlefield, like the series, but toned down to a more accessible point. So you didn't really have to deal with recoil or anything. And the jumping physics were, you know, over the top. But you still had that, you know, it felt like you were fighting a battle. Like all everything was contested around those control points. And... While the new ones are more cinematic, I agree that the originals really captured those giant battles better. Well, the new ones look beautiful, bro. Like, yeah. I, they look really... Like, I know a lot of people bashed the uh, first remake, the first Battlefront. Um, uh, you know, they said it was pretty shallow, really wasn't much there. But, dude, the sounds, like, the when you're doing that Battle of Hoth, dude... Like oh, yeah. the glistening of the snow, the sounds of the walkers and everything, everything captured what you, you think about when you think visually of Star Wars and what you think of uh, audio wise as far as the sound effects and all that. So and the music. So that's I, so I don't hate those ones, but I think the classics just kind of deliver more. So, yeah. yeah, well, they deliver a more fun gameplay loop. In oh, my, yeah. Like. In in my opinion, I I don't think the new ones, especially with the new game mode, the big like you know fight on the ground over the control points and then go fight on the capital ships. Those games can take up to two hours to play. Oh, like man. at some point it's like, oh my god, can somebody just win? <laughs> Please. What was the game mode? Uh, I think it was in the older ones. It was like a conquest. <laughs> Yeah, where, that that was it was just conquest. Galactic, Galactic Conquest, I think it was called, like where you had to go yeah. to each planet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Galactic the four. Con, yeah. yeah, it was like three or four like 
planetary missions that you had to go through, and it's just, oh my god, I'm halfway through this, and I just want to go home. <laughs> or or uh, Battlefront 2, you had the whole, like, chessboard-style galactic yes. map. Dude, I actually loved that. Oh, no. I, I, I played the hell out of that. I wish they brought that back. But that's when they had, like, good space battles. Excuse oh, me while true. I loaded up the uh, the original <laughs> Battlefront 2 or Battle don't, Star Wars. Uh-oh. Don't tempt me. I don't think there is me. online features for that still. Right? There yeah. are. They they actually ju- oh, no. they brought them back on oh, recently. Right. They Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original PS2, now PC has online <laughs> capabilities. Bro, I think it's like uh, 4 well, bucks, man. I, I have to download the original Battlefront as well on PC. Let's get it. Um, Light, what do, what do you got? As far as favorite uh, Star Wars games? Yeah. Galactic Battlegrounds, obviously. Ooh. Best RTS nice. ever. Very, one. Very good one. I've never played it. I just wanted to call out a uh, random <laughs> I just want to go from left field here. <laughs> no, no, no. I I totally agree with you. Considering the only other RTSs that have been done in Star Wars are uh, Rebellion and uh, Empire at War. Yeah, Empire at War. Yeah. Which Empire at War is great if you're playing the space battles. The ground battles are hot garbage. <laughs> that is my opinion, and I know people won't agree with me, but. That's what I'm sticking to. And the same okay. people that did uh, Age of Empires worked on yep. the original yeah. uh, Galactic Battlegrounds, right? So, yeah. Yes, sir. And they almost, like, a lot of the stuff in that are kind of just, like, they had to just come up with original concepts. Like, you know, does this look like Star Wars? Like, the buildings and some of the worker droids and stuff like that. So, it's hella interesting, but it's, def- it's definitely a good RTS. Oh, yeah. Hell, um, you can play as the Gungans in Galactic Battlegrounds. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm know. pretty sure they get their <laughs> shit pushed in. They got those shields. I'm... Yeah, no, man. They, yeah, they got the shields. They can whoop the droid ass. <laughs> and, like, the, the the blue ball grenade things that they would, like, sling out at, at the, the droids. The EMP goo? Yeah. I think I, like that's the closest I can think of to it. It's just it's EMP glue goo. Like. Maybe if you were underwater, they would be all right because that was probably hard for them being out of their element, right? Because they they do live under the water, so they, they were literally on land. weaponized their blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Shadow of, uh, Shadow of the Empire or uh, Shadow of Empires? What the one that came out in '64? Yeah. That that's not bad. It, I don't think it aged well, but uh, it was like a big, huge marketing campaign. It was going to be like this is the story between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and original characters, and they did like a whole comic book series with it too. And the, there's actual like a um, a graphic novel and a novel. So uh, I don't know. Like I think that some of those graphics. I, yeah, it'd be really cool to see them remaster it, but um, th- that's just cool for uh, you know. There was what's that? Keep the FMVs. Oh, dude, yeah, man. Like the well, original Kyle Katarn stuff. Ooh, Kyle Katarn's like one of the best characters in Star Wars. Well, this I mean, before he's a Jedi, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, like uh, the thing about Shadows that I think like stands out, and why I wanted to quickly bring it up is just. 
we we are so uh, filled with Star Wars these days. You know, it's like almost too much. You know, like uh, especially since Disney's taken over and EA and all that, and they're just like throwing Star Wars at everybody. That was at a time where you know you didn't get a lot of Star Wars, and when you did, it was like exciting because you're like, ooh, like a new story or a new game yeah. or a new comic. So I think that's what made that special. I don't know how much it holds up now though. So. It'd be interesting to look at. I, I'd I'd like to see them do another take on uh, uh, Republic Commandos, and then yeah, Imperial as Republic as Commandos remastered or a continuation of the Republic Commando story. Give it to me right now. I don't even care. Yeah, no, I reboot it. I I want that immediately. Re- reboot it and actually finish it. Uh, do the same for thirteen thirteen. Oh yeah, didn't that get canceled? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I'd also I really wish that we would have seen the Amy in the Amy Hennig game. But but as far as Star Wars games that I've actually played, my top two because they're the two of three games that I played would be Kotor, which I only played on mobile, but it's all right. It's old, and uh, the Force Unleashed. And I'd like a game that kind of smushed both of those together. Ooh. Fallen so Order you... looks cool. But give me them PsyOps power, but also that, you know, Bioware-style story. Yeah. It, that, that, I hate was one... in that was one thing with Fallen Order. Very linear game. Yeah. yeah. Very linear. And see, if I want a linear game, I don't want Jedi power. Ugh, I want that Amy Hennig game, man. <laughs> I just now I just want another Republic Commando, along with my desire for them to make another Tie Fighter game. Not not Rogue Squadron, like the simulation. A TIE simulation Fighter Tie game. Fighter game. A, a simulation yeah. space Star Wars game would be pretty cool. Where it's like, yeah, mm. you've got a lot of buttons that you can press. They all do different things, and you're in a space battle. Good luck. Did you did you ever play like Tie Fighter or X Wing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want to uh, put all your shields forward because you're currently getting bombarded in the face. You can do that, dude. If we go full simulation, I want a ship shaped like a hamburger to crash into a Tie Fighter that crashes <laughs> into me that makes me spin like a washing. <laughs> but um... I, I don't even. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in that statement. We're just gonna move on. The Millennium the Falcon bumping, yeah, yeah, a Millennium Falcon bumping into a Tie Fighter, causing or shooting a Tie Fighter that bumps into Vader that causes Vader to uh, spin out of control and somehow avoid the destruction of the Death Star because he flew off a <laughs> stupid far distance. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, control get me. I, I uh, actually that is that is something from Star Wars that kind of confuses me. It's like if Spader lost it, Spader, Spader. <laughs> game Spader. Oh man, <laughs> if Vader in that movie, if Vader lost control of his ship after getting bumped by the Tie Fighter, how the hell did he get away from the Death Star? There was no inclination for him to leave the Death Star area. Yeah, so he should have been okay. caught in that blast. Yeah. They established early on that TIE Fighters are short range. Yeah. Well, no. I, no Vader, Vader's, Vader's was special. His yeah, did Vader's have had the TIE advance. A, 
Yeah, hit, well, uh -huh. his did have a warp engine in it. His his ship was unique. Okay, then you know what? When he was spinning, the reason he didn't actually correct, because he's, you know, the best pilot in the universe, <laughs> uh, the reason he didn't correct himself and save the Death Star is because for a brief second, he let go and just thought, now this is Padre. Jesus. <laughs> actually, no, speaking of pod racing... I'd actually be okay if they made another pod racer game. That game and was I'd actually fun. Make as it a VR game. Yes. Think about that. Like you, you've got uh. both of the arm things. You could totally make a VR pod racing game where you control the uh. goddamn levers on the sides. That'd yeah. be awesome. You, if they do that though, they have to do what the original episode one racer did and make it actually seem like you're going hundreds of miles an hour not like uh, the sequel Race of Revenge where it just seemed like you were kind of puttering along the track. <laughs> the, I'm the in a go-kart version of a, of a pod racer. Hmm. <laughs> like, is there a yeah, racer with, coming with the, to the Switch real quick? Yes. Like, yeah, okay. Yes, it is. All right, cool. With, the, with that chariot-style physically control? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'd be I'd be down for that. It's that's me and a half, but I want it. Um, but no, it, if like for top old school Star Wars games, like I I actually have one. It's literally one from each genre. Racing, I I enjoyed pod, the Pod Racer game, the original one that came out, Republic Commando for solid shooter. KOTOR. KOTOR 2 had its hiccups because it wasn't a finished game. Can't do much yeah. about that. Have you played it now that fans have finished it? I have played I have played the uh the hidden content, yes. Um I'd actually love to see more done with HK forty seven. Hmm. Um, I actually never finished Kotor. I got towards the I got to the reveal. I quit. Hmm. But then uh, Force Unleashed, <sighs> like it's it's God of War with Force with th 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 God. I cannot <laughs> speak tonight. It is God of War with Force powers. Mm -hmm. Yes, like that was amazing because you're in a fight. And it's just like God. There are so many of these little peon enemies that literally two swipes with the lightsaber, they're dead. Best tutorial. Force ever. grab. Just keep slamming him onto the ground. Is he dead? Oh, yes. Yeah, All right, I'm gonna throw him at his best friend now. That's pure psyop. I think that's part uh, of why I love it. It's literally psyops meets God of War. But if, and be if they, best tutorial level, if they combined that, like that power scale, into mm -hmm. Jedi Outcast or the Jedi Knight series. I never mm. played them, but the, Je the Jedi the Knight had such a great them. story setup. Hmm. And I I liked the the character setup for it, and it played very well. So if if they combined those two, so you have a Jedi who uses force powers to their fullest extent in a storyline developed through the Jedi Knight period. Ah, glorious. 
But that would be like so different now because of like the Disney Star Wars. You know, like it, it was so cool to see you become uh, a Jedi in training uh, at Luke's, you know, Jedi Temple and, and Jedi Academy. But now we know like Luke Skywalker is different. And, you know, he tries to kill people and he well, doesn't like that, the Force and stuff. That now. was technically oh. years later. True. Luke had yeah, established we, it and true. done plenty of training. So I, I, I feel like you could still kind of get away with it. Yeah, we even only in, have 20 years to play with. Yeah, even like in Jedi Knight, Luke wasn't that old. Yes. Yeah, no, true. he's only like 26. So I, I, I've... I think they could still do something like that. Well, they probably no. not, but the opportunity is definitely there if they like, would just take oh, the risk. Fuck. Like the two things that I really, really enjoy from Unleashed is a whole part where your main character is stopping the Star Destroyer with the Force. Uh, like Everybody that was, says they hate that, but I felt I, so awesome. I was like, <laughs> we have never seen anybody use the force like this and and honestly i was really down with this whole darth vader's secret apprentice kind of story i thought like that was really cool and i was like damn that would make sense that there would be someone out there that was that strong in the force and 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 and, you know at the at that point everybody wants to make everything fit within canon and obviously that's not canon anymore i don't even know if it ever was but it, it made sense that like Vader had that strong apprentice, but then he also was like, it's like part of the Sith way. It's like, yo, you know, you're you're gonna try to outdo me and kill me one day, you know. So yeah. nah, I can't have that, man. Sorry, you know. Also, so, the first one, the first one always existed in a weird limbo for canon, and the second one was always non-canon fully. Yeah. Oh, okay. But cool, cool. Of course, it's it's Anakin though, so of course he would come at it. You know, his apprentice trying to kill him, like, no, 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 no. You don't try to kill me. I'm still the best Jedi that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and two quick things, too, about uh, Republic Commando. They just wrapped up Clone Wars. It would be a really good time for them yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the aspects of Anakin having some kind of apprentice. I wonder if they drew that from Unleashed. Even though it's, he's not Vader, but Ahsoka, you know, yeah. we never really saw that until Clone Wars. So I think that they could they could work something out within that that story now that it's got oh, a man. finish line, you know. A new Unleashed. Oh, uh, replay Ahsoka you, you, Tano? You, well, no, I was just thinking, like, we get to see the juxtaposition to Ahsoka. And since she's getting so big now, and What's-His-Dick is going to be pretty much heading all of Star Wars media. Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> um there uh you would you would get that juxtaposition of Anakin's apprentice who grew up to become disillusioned with the floors to Vader's apprentice who will probably do the same but they'd be a polar opposite to Ahsoka Tano. She could be your antagonist in the next Force Unleashed. Ooh. I like that. I think I, like I, I, I think they need to do some more stuff with the dark side. You know, I think that they need to take things and have fun with it and, and give people the opportunity to see things from the the or, or, or have more games where you have the choice to go either Jedi or Sith. Because I think that's what's kind of yeah. missing is I mean, like there was that one game where you could have a quote unquote the MMO Sith yeah. and the evil aligned Jedi. 
Well, no, oh. the the MMO. If you didn't play it as an MMO and you played it as a single player game, fucking amazing. Oh yeah. The, the storylines they actually set up in Sweater. And it was it was just called Star Wars. Sweater. Yeah, Star Wars: The Old Republic or Star oh, Wars: yeah. Old Republic. It was. It was I personally it, never it played it. Sweater. But that was the best aspect of that game is that they gave both sides a quote-unquote good and evil alignment choices. Yeah. Uh, my first playthrough, I played as a Sith Inquisitor because you like, you have five classes and a light or dark side story. So I played as a Sith Inquisitor who had leanings towards light side and at the very like you you have this singular story for your character it doesn't involve anyone else and your character is developing through it so it's like oh yeah you start on korriban you meet your master your master gets killed you go after the person who did it the idea of the good line sith is that you're a sith that realizes that being evil doesn't mean you have to be a fascist and that's how the jedi keep winning because they're so they're too busy killing each other pretty much well like and one thing that i really don't like if it just it's it's related is the star wars battlefront 2 the most recent one little single player campaign how it kind of was like pitched as like you're this you know this imperial yeah. uh, you know fighter pilot and, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys go over spoilers and stuff like that, but, you know, obviously Man, it's things... been out long enough. Okay, well, yeah, she switches to the good side, uh, you know, and starts helping Leia and all them. And it's just like, uh, okay, well, you had you had a shot, but it's cool. Whatever. That, that's the whole thing. I would love to see the opposite of that. Like, let me play as a clone trooper who went through Order 66 for, and the game is about him, you know post order 66 following the orders of the emperor not any not any like what he's doing is wrong no you're just a bad guy yeah well, let me be the nazi no well, what <laughs> jesus <laughs> i think they in clone wars address the fact that there's like chips in yeah. the, in the clones and that's yep. why like when order 66 happened like yeah they had no choice they all like turned except for the ones who had fried their chip like yeah. wolf and rex yep. which i like i like that idea you know yeah but how many clone troopers are even alive anymore because it didn't like the empire get to a point where they were just like recruiting yeah, yeah. Much, yeah. wasn't well, luke yeah, gonna go clone... into the empire like he was yeah, gonna, yeah. Luke was gonna go in for his test just like uh <laughs> yeah, like the, uh yeah the clone troopers because part of their whole thing was they were temporary soldiers. It was like, yes, there is this massive army, and they could probably take over the whole of the Republic, but we don't want them to be around forever, because at that point they're a liability. So they had like they had accelerated aging, so they are aging much faster than any other character. So by the time of uh, six, seven, eight, by episode or. Uh, four, five, and, and six. Four. Yeah. By the time of four, yeah. five, and six, if I'm not mistaken, according to lore, they are no longer clone troopers. Like all no, of the clone they... troopers at that point have passed on. Yeah, they also put the kibosh on cloning, well, so they do. They do just kind of age out. So they haven't 
all passed on because as uh, Rebel showed uh, Rex and a couple of his other troopers were still alive like right before episode four happened. Mm. So... And, like, cloning's still a thing in Star Wars if you've seen Rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, that became something that they kind of carried over. That technology was out there. Yeah, but it's also, like, they they write it off as being something only the Sith used. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super secret. And that's the whole thing with Star Wars. It's like, they, they always talk about, like, that's only something the Sith would do. Only a really? Sith deals in absolutes. You, you, you're telling me only the Sith want kids? Are you out mm. of your mind? That, that's why I'm. I wish they hadn't gone for. And yes, spoilers for Rise of Skywalker. I wish they hadn't gone. Ray is the absolute child of good and against yeah. evil. It's like no. I wish she had gone gray because that's what they were setting mm-hmm. up with her being conflicted with Ben Solo. They both could have gone gray Jedi at the end but, and everything would have been fine. And we, I mean, I've got plenty I could say on the ending of Star, yeah. of the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> um, but no, in, in, uh, oh, damn, I, I actually had something I wanted to bring up for specifically the games but I'll go with my other option. Um, for the fact of Jedi having children, they weren't uh, disallowed to have children. They were not celibate. That was the thing about the Jedi. They were not celibate. They just weren't allowed to, like, they couldn't marry. They couldn't form yeah. lasting connections. Doesn't mean they were celibate. Mace, which well, means somewhere also, Obi-Wan's got a kid. Oh, he's probably the, got, like, three. <laughs> well, first. Okay, first of all, Mace Windu definitely fucks. Secondly, <laughs> uh, within the within the time period of the prequels, even if it even if they were celibate by that point, the entire point was this is where the Jedi were wrong. Yeah, like th- this is the downfall of the Jedi, which yeah, where is, is why that I'm new super uh super stoked for the High Republic stuff? The only yeah, the, Jedi- the High Republic oh, yeah, stuff will probably be different. Anakin Mary had. Well, it was all done in secret. Look, if they had just let Anakin fuck, the entirety of the rest of the Star Wars universe wouldn't have happened. Yep. Yo, I'm not gonna lie, and I don't know how invested you guys are into Clone Wars, and I'm not, but I've just been following, like, the reviews and stuff to see how well they did it. And um, there are a couple moments that kind of show that, oh, wow, things could have played out really different had only a couple things changed. Because uh, they tie into uh, Revenge of the Sith really well in the yeah. the, uh, the end of Clone Wars, so it's crazy. Oh hell yeah, yeah, it's cool. I I really like how they did that. And if I could ask, can I ask lightsaber one thing? Okay. All right, all right. So I was thinking about this last night. Who would win, Master Jedi Yoda, or Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z? Because they look uh, like the same. <laughs> And I just was like, I can see them meditating together under a waterfall, but then with the force beat out special beam cannon. And I know I'm getting off track, so I'm just going to leave that. You can answer that <laughs> whatever you want to. <laughs> but if anybody listens to this and wants to also let me know who would win. Hit us up on Twitter. Yes. I think we Sorry. should carry that over to your pod. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I, I have a lot to unpack. 
All right, cool, cool. Well, we'll set it up for that. If you want to hear Light's answer, tune into Wonder Soul Star Wars episode. <laughs> uh, but with that, I think that uh, that wraps it up for this week. Dope. So, uh, uh, one one thing I have to say before we're done, I'm so sorry, but Control, your idea of taking Force Unleashed and crossing it with a more serious story, um, we started talking about it being set during the, the you know, Luke's school and stuff, and I immediately thought, like, uh, I know that we said we didn't really want linear or anything, but I immediately thought of a Kylo Ren game. Ooh. Oh, like in the Jedi Fallen Order style. Go through Kylo's training and disillusionment. The, yeah. And have him breaking away from Luke's order and setting yeah. up the first order. Oh, that would be you uh that'd be you eventually one. learn your Sith powers because you know we're we're giving you that option to do both. You start learning your Sith powers if you choose to start training under Snoke. So and then, yeah, the setup of the First Order and all that. I'm done. Does anybody remember the... Uh, I, I have one thing to add in terms of that. Does anybody remember the... Uh... Uh... <laughs> fuck. Revenge of the Sith game. Like, that had the I... alternate ending where Anakin kills Palpatine and takes control of the Empire? Oh, like, he kills Obi-Wan, kills Palpatine... And basically says, nope, the galaxy's mine. <laughs> For the longest time, the only game I played was the Attack of the Clones tie-in that came packed with my Xbox. That was a decent game, too. But that Just was mostly vehicle-based. Yeah, I hated the vehicles. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, Wonder, where can people, once again, find the things that you do? <laughs> Alright, uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to... Gaming casual right now. You could probably find Wonder Soul on there as well. And also on YouTube and Twitch, all under the same name. Uh yeah, check it out. Thank you guys for having me on, man. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for coming. Anytime, anytime. Enjoyed your <laughs> casual rant. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> but with that become the new host so they can finally replace me. Oh gosh. <laughs> Twy, you're not we're not replacing you. You're not Able you're to our be only diversity. I mean, you're the, we value you are the antagonist of the podcast. You can't be replaced. I'm sure he could be the antagonist. He tried. Oh man, no, that's why you're you're here to stay. You're here to stay. <laughs> but you guys can find everything that me, Light, Twy, and Control do down in the description of the episode below. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>